This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We are a small but mighty crew here in our sanctuary today, much as we expected would be the case, but that does not inhibit our ability to praise God this morning. Amen. So welcome, friends, to worship at Morrisville Presbyterian Church, whether you are a longtime member or worshiping with us for the very first time. We welcome you, whether you are here in our sanctuary or worshiping with us from home. It is a deep and utter gift and privilege to worship alongside you this day, and we give thanks to God for our ability to gather no matter the circumstances. If you are here in our sanctuary, there is that familiar red folder in your pew. We would invite you to note your presence with us and pass it to your neighbors so they can do the same. If you're visiting with us, please include enough information so we can follow up on your time here today. And as you do that, I have just a couple of announcements to review. The first being that next Sunday, January 9th, we will hold a congregational meeting immediately following worship for the purpose of approving pastoral terms of call, reviewing the 2022 budget, and receiving a report on our stewardship campaign. We will also be welcoming our new clerk of session, Lisa Zazu. After 24 years of faithful service in the position of clerk of session, Ron Workman requested that we start looking for a new clerk as he was ready to lay down that mantle. Again, 24 years of service in that position. Thank you. And Lisa Zazu was unanimously voted into this position by the session at our December meeting. And her time of service in this role began yesterday, January 1st. So we also hope you will join us at the meeting next week to welcome Lisa and to give thanks for Ron. And given the current COVID situation we find ourselves in, I am very confident we will make available both an in-person and online version of that meeting. So please stay tuned this week. We will be in touch with you via email regarding those details. And if you are not currently signed up for those emails, you can sign up to receive any communications from the church on our homepage of our website. So again, next week, January 9th, immediately following worship, will be our congregational meeting. And speaking of the COVID situation we find ourselves in, just in the last 24 hours, some changes have been made to our worship today that will not be reflected in your bulletin. Your COVID task force continues to take seriously its responsibility to meet as safely as possible, to care for our own church members, as well as to do our part to protect and care for our wider community and our health systems. And so due to the rapidly rising case counts and hospitalizations in our area, and particularly on the heels of many family gatherings this holiday season, a few changes have been made to worship today. Though we will be hearing hymns played, we will be hearing the Gloria Patri and the doxology, we will not be singing along. Today, our choir will be taking a break for a couple of weeks as we ride out this surge in our area and communion will be served as today as you exit the sanctuary. The charge and blessing are going to be offered as part of the liturgy of communion. It may feel strange, and you may think, what in the world is going on? 
I believe it's going to work beautifully, folks. And so I hope uh, in the way that you have always offered your flexibility and grace to us, I hope that will continue today. If you didn't hear anything of what I just said about what's changed in worship, we're going to walk you through all of it. So fear not and ride along with us today. As we continue to name each week, if you are feeling the slightest bit sick, we lovingly invite you to participate through our live stream at home. And I want you to know that applies to your pastors as well. Uh, we are removing our masks because we are now testing ourselves every Sunday morning. And so I want to assure you that that responsibility of safety applies to us in the same way that we hope it will for you as we all seek to care for our community and for our church together. We appreciate the ways that you all have done that for so long and that continue to keep take that seriously in our life together. So thank you for your flexibility and your grace and your patience. We continue to give so much thanks for our life together. We give thanks for technology that allows us to worship no matter the circumstances. And we give thanks for the Christ child whose birth we continue to celebrate this day. And so friends, let us worship our God together. As you are able, please stand and join me in our responsive call to worship as is found in your bulletin. We come to this place, each of us on our own path. The path is winding. It's not always clear. And the path changes, but we are here. God is walking us home. Not walk alone. Let us worship holy God. Please be seated. We will now turn our attention to the work of the Spirit in music and in song. So let us reflect on the words of the first and last verse of hymn number 143, Angels from the Realms of Glory. Amen. 
I imagine that for the Magi, walking to Bethlehem was not easy. I imagine that following a star for navigation was definitely not easy. However, I imagine that the hardest part might have been not knowing where the road would lead. Friends, we are not always the best versions of ourselves when we are faced with uncertainty or changed plans. Facing the unknown pulls on every ounce of our anxiety and fear. But fortunately for us, we worship a God who is gracious beyond imagination and meets us on every twist and turn of the road home. So let us stand as we are able and join together in the prayer of confession, knowing that even in our worst moments, we are held by God. God of changed plans. The Magi heard in a dream that they were to take a new way home, a different path, an untraveled road. And to our amazement, they did just that. The Magi packed their bags and went home by another way. We wish that change could be easy for us, but more often than not, we whispers of change come we tend to clench our fists and hold on tighter. Forgive us for resisting change that might be holy. Forgive us for ignoring that there is more than one road home. Forgive us for failing to hear your invitation, guiding our steps to unfamiliar places. No matter which roads we take in this one wild and precious life, God walks with us. God never leaves our side. When the road changes and we find ourselves on a new path home, God is always there. So hear and believe this good news. No matter where we go, no matter what we do, we are claimed, loved, and held by God. Thanks be to God for love like that. Beloved church, as forgiven people, let us share the peace of Christ with one another as we have been doing with American Sign Language. The peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Let us share with one another the peace of Christ.
As we approach a time now for the hearing of scripture, let us prepare our hearts and our minds in prayer. Holy God, you speak to us in scripture and in prayers, in sunrises and in sunsets, in friends and in strangers, in dreams and in songs. You are speaking all the time, and how often do we miss it? Still our minds so that we can listen with a depth that we have not heard before. Still our hearts so that we can receive with open arms what is you are offering us today. We know you are speaking, so we are listening. Gratefully, we pray. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Let us listen for the word of God. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you, your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on the nurse's arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All th those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring the gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, hello, young at heart friends. I'm going to take a seat all the way up here and invite you all to pay attention, and especially our young friends who are watching at home and worshiping from home, to listen for our time for young disciples. So I am curious if anyone noticed anything different on our front lawn in the front of the sanctuary, today, in the front of the church today for those who've come, and also for the past couple of weeks for those who are at home. Because I noticed the manger scene. I noticed the crash that has been building over the last couple of weeks of Advent. We saw there that there is some hay, there is a manger, there are some camels and some sheep, there are uh, some shepherds and Mary and Joseph and even baby Jesus. And today we have something at the manger scene that has not been there previously. And that is the wise men. There are three wise men who have been traveling down our uh, sidewalk and have found, finally made it to the manger scene at MPC. And the reason why the uh, wise men are here this morning is because that today is Epiphany, the day that we celebrate that the Magi have come, the wise men have come to pay homage to worship and celebrate that Jesus has been born. And so we give thanks for that 
And we also try to be like the wise men. We try to look for Jesus in our life. We travel near and far in our homes and in schools and with friends and family to see where we find Jesus in our hearts, in the hearts of others, the times when we feel happy and we see light, when we interact with other people and do good work, like pray and have meals together and sing and do community service. And so I am curious where you might find Jesus, where you might find the light of God in your week. So that is what I'm going to invite you to do, both young at heart friends here and also young friends back at home. So let us repeat after me. Let us pray. God, we thank you. For Christmas and Jesus, and we pray that you help us look for Jesus in our lives. Amen. Until next time, young friends. Friends, our gospel reading today comes from the gospel according to Matthew, the second chapter, beginning with the first verse. Listen for the word of God. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. And when King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
where would you go looking for a king? That is the question before our wise men this morning in the Gospel of Matthew. Where would you go looking for a king? Matthew does not tell us much about these magi, these wise men. A lot of what we know about them instead comes from tradition. But Matthew trusts that we have our magnifying glasses handy, and he places a few clues before our eyes to help us understand who might these people be who are coming to seek our Lord. One clue is the word magi, or wise men, a Persian word Matthew uses to describe this group, seemingly indicating that they come from present-day Iran, or somewhere near that country. Next, Matthew drops the helpful hint that these wise men are stargazers, they are astrologers. And no, they are not your young friend trying to pin you down as a Capricorn or to try to tell you that because your birthday fell between late July and early August, you are prone to fits of charisma and bravery. Instead, Matthew is trying to imply that these stargazers probably learned their trade in Babylon, another ancient civilization east of Israel. And finally, there is the puzzle of the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, these three gifts given to Jesus coming primarily from the deserts of Syria and Arabia. So what are we to make of these clues Matthew gives us? We do not know much about these wise men, but what we do know is that they are travelers, they are coming from the east, and they are looking for our Lord. So you, a resident of Galilee, do your ancient duty of hospitality and host these travelers as they are coming up the king's highway. You see their dusty feet, their worn clothes, their wind-swept hair, and you beckon them to come into your living room for much-needed refreshment and rest. While the bread is baking and the beverages are being served, you settle into casual conversation, the standard who, what, when, where, but you don't want to venture into the why, because that might be too rude. You have only just met these people, after all. Then out of nowhere, one of the travelers pops the question, where would you go looking for a king? You pause. You think about it. Well, the capital is up the road at Jerusalem. There is a king currently there. I guess I would try Jerusalem. He has a palace, this king. He has a court, and I hear he has lots of wealth. Scribes, priests, and a whole institution of people are needed to govern the land he oversees, and they all reside in Jerusalem. So yes, I guess I would try there. The wise men look up from their cups, nod at one another approvingly, and head on their way in search of the king. As you watch them make their way down the road towards Jerusalem, something does not 
sit right with you. Surely everyone knows that the best place to find a king is at the seat and center of power, right? Then why does that not seem true? If we fast forward a couple of thousand years, I was pulling into our church parking lot on the third Sunday of Advent. And there, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed that our wise men had fallen on the ground. For those of you at home who have not had the pleasure of seeing our Epiphany tradition, the church has three magi and a camel as part of our Christmas manger scene. Because our congregation is theologically curious and liturgically savvy, our manger scene builds over four weeks of Advent, and it culminates today on Epiphany, the Sunday where we celebrate the wise men paying homage before the Christ child. So on the first Sunday of Advent, the manger scene miraculously appears, and with it some simple hay and a few animals. Then next week, on the second week of Advent, more animals appear, and you might see a shepherd or two. Eventually, we get to Christmas Eve, where Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus have finally arrived on MPC's front lawn. And all the while, our wise men are slowly making the journey from the far eastern reaches of Pennsylvania Avenue, down our sidewalk, and to our manger. It is as if these characters have a mind of their own. So a couple of weeks ago, I was disturbed, disturbed to see that our friends the Magi had fallen on the ground about halfway through their journey. My first thought was that they must have been blown over by the recent 30 mile per hour winds we had just a couple of days ago. Surely there is a scientific and reasonable explanation for why these wooden wise men had toppled over. But after reading our scripture passage this morning, I am not so sure. If my job was to go looking for a king, especially in places of power, I might not be able to stand on my two feet either. There's a part of me that can imagine our wooden wise men being still by day and coming alive by night. They have us thinking that we are the ones who move them down the sidewalk, but all the while they are venturing out to look for the places where the Christ child would be born today. Can you imagine? Wise men showing up at our places of perceived power and asking if the baby Jesus could be born there. Can you imagine the wooden wise men being in the doorway of a board meeting on Wall Street or Silicon Valley? Or how about having their own Zoom screen at the recent UN General Assembly or Security Council meeting? Can you picture them standing next to the immense display of military might on the borders of North and South Korea, Taiwan and China, Pakistan and India? How would it feel to see our wooden wise men plopped on the steps of the U.S. Capitol building 
as we stand on the other side of the barriers set up after last year's insurrection. All of these images would surely look absurd for two reasons. First, and I know you are thinking this, because the wise men are wooden dolls, Alex. They can't move themselves, and we know full well that they belong on our front lawn. Or at least we think that. And secondly, because we know from our text for this morning that Jesus was not born in Jerusalem. Jesus was not born in a place thought to be powerful. When the wise men found their way to Jerusalem, they certainly met people who claimed to be as powerful as a king, who fought for their names to be celebrated as the one who saves. But Jesus' first words were not overheard by scribes or political action committees. Mary and Joseph did not swaddle their child in fine raiment found in palaces, or be whisked away on a private jet. God's greatest revelation did not dawn in places where power was fought over with fear and anger. When the wise men finally got to Jerusalem, they found an earthly kingdom maintained by pride and violence. And it swept them off their feet and it placed them on a different road. So where would you go looking for a king if not places thought to be powerful? We are told to go to Bethlehem. You can imagine what it might have looked like Wise men haggard from their long journey, now taking an unexpected detour. They climb a hill coming out of Jerusalem, and they are told to look off in the distance. They scan the horizon, but they see nothing. At least what they think is nothing. They look for a second time, and their eyes finally adjust to see some huts, what looks like a couple of farms and traces of small smokestacks over humble abodes, the town called Bethlehem. One of them pipes up from the back, Are we sure this is it? It can't be more than some poor old town. This image would not inspire confidence in the wise men that they have found a king. Bethlehem would not be known for its professional sports teams. The Federal Reserve would not choose this location as a place to put a national bank. There would be no international summits or global conventions in ancient Bethlehem. Bethlehem was unimportant. It was poor. It was on the margins of society and of no need for care. But just as the Magi are looking to turn back and get a second opinion, a star rises in the sky. Its light cannot be ignored. Its brightness is clear. And it settles just above a small house with a barn attached to it where animals are kept. The Magi are star watchers, so they approach a little closer and they, 
start to see a small gathering has occurred. The animals seem peaceful and right at home. Some townsfolk can be heard saying something about shepherds and angels and a messiah. Then finally, the wise men find themselves at the doorstep of this barn, candlelight glowing softly through the cracks in the wood. And as the doors open, their eyes grow wide and their hearts leap for their sight, for there is a sight before their eyes that they could not imagine. In the little town of Bethlehem, a king sits on a throne. A baby lies in a manger. And the magi are overjoyed. Jesus was not born at the center of the world's attention. God did not reveal God's self most perfectly in capitals of global superpowers or on the battlefields of domination. Instead, God's greatest revelation dawned in a home for animals in the middle of nowhere surrounded by poverty. Even though our gaze is often drawn to the seemingly powerful forces of money, prestige, and physical force, most of the world lives in poverty. Most of life is humble, ordinary, simple. And that is where God chose to reside most perfectly. The good news of this story is that when the lowest of these is pulled up, when the meek inherit the earth, when God becomes a baby born in a poor town of Bethlehem, God is redirecting our gaze to see what is important and is inviting us to a life of joy and salvation when we find ourselves there. Next week, we will pull up to the church parking lot and we will no longer see the MPC manger scene. The hay will have been put away the creche kept safe from winter weather. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus will have returned to some corner of church storage with a sticky note labeled Nazareth. And there, too, our wooden wise men will have left. But I wonder, where might we find them if we looked? Where might these wise people journey where might these wise people journey to in our community, paying homage to the Christ child revealed in our midst? Where are the humble places in Trenton where God is inviting us to joy? Where might we find peace and justice of God in Morrisville? Where is the light shining brightest for us in our world? The invitation is for us to move our gaze away from the centers of human-valued power that consume most of our time, the things of money, prestige, and influence, which are more often than not surrounded by envy, fear, and anger. Instead, this story invites us to wonder where might Jesus reveal himself in the places where the world is stripped bare, to the most important things in life.
simplicity, humanity. Where intimacy meets vulnerability as we step into houses and shelters and nature, not as a servant, but as the one being served. These places that could be called Bethlehem, where the veil between us and God are so thin, we know that is exactly where we are called to be. Where might these places be that the Magi would take us? Where would you go looking for a king in your community? Let it be so. Amen. As we seek to hear God's invitation to Bethlehem's in our community, let us turn to the words of the first and last verse of hymn number 144, In the Bleak Midwinter, as we ponder them in our hearts. Please join me as we affirm our faith through the words in your bulletin from a brief statement of faith. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives, teaching by word and deed and blessing the children healing the sick, and binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel. Unjustly condemned for blasphemy and sedition, Jesus was crucified, suffering the depths 
of human pain and giving his life for the sins of the world. God raised this Jesus from the dead, vindicating his sinless life, breaking the power of sin and evil, delivering us from the death to life eternal. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, as we continue our search for a king and follow the wise men's lead out into the world, we are reminded of so many needs around us and the ways we are called as the church to serve those on the edges of society, to serve the marginalized, to care for the poor in all ways. And so this day, as we seek to be a church who serves the community and is here to love and serve the world. Let us give generously of our tithes and offerings to that work in the world this day.
Amen. Please be seated. In every corner of the globe, from little houses to large buildings, God's presence is felt with these humble gifts of bread and cup. At this table, on this day, we bear witness to the work of Jesus Christ, God's revelation to us that first dawned on that little town of Bethlehem. From there, Christ's light shined, lifting up the lowly, blessing the meek, bringing good news to the poor. Through this meal, we bear witness to that good news, and we join in that work as we seek to be united with our God, both as individuals and as a greater community. So come, come all of you who are seeking like the Magi, your Christ in your midst, the light that dawns and shines in our world. Come and meet Christ here at this table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, gracious God. For you have created heaven and earth, made us in your image, and kept covenant with us even when we fell into sin. We give thanks for Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came as the light of the world to show us your way of truth in parables and miracles. We thank you, God, for sending a star to guide the wise ones to the Christ child. But even more, we praise you for signs and witnesses in every generation that lead us to Christ. We thank you for the covenant made first with Israel, promising to be Israel's light and salvation. You made Israel your people and promised that through them all the peoples of the world would be blessed. We thank you for prophets who declared your word, for priests who made sacrifices for the sins of many, and for kings and rulers who ruled with justice, lifted up the poor and needy, and defended the people from their enemies. And we thank you especially, O oh God, for your Son, Jesus the Christ. Born in humility, he came to rule over all. Helpless as an infant, he showed the power of your love. Poor in things of the world, he brought the wealth of your grace. Rejected by many, he welcomed all who sought him. In his dying and rising, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take from your creation this bread and this cup and joyfully celebrate his dying and rising as we await the day of his coming. With thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be a living and holy sacrifice dedicated to your service. And so, gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Empower us by your Spirit, O God, to be Christ's presence in the world, even as Jesus is God with us. Give us courage to speak his truth, 
to seek his justice and to love with his love. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, now and forever. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was arrested, he took bread, having given thanks, he blessed it, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Every time you eat of it, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way he took the cup, and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins whenever you drink it, do so remembering me. For friends, as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. Friends, as I mentioned earlier, we will be receiving communion a little differently today. Alex and I will be waiting outside to serve you, both in the driveway if you go out these two side doors, and also under the portico if you go out the main door through which you came in. And as soon as we offer a blessing and depart the sanctuary today, Yoon will begin playing the first Noel, which can be found on page 147 of your hymnal. I invite you to sit a minute or two or three with that music, with those words, and leave when you feel led to do so. I invite you to sit in the stillness and the majesty of the Christ child, reminded of the gift of, that we know in this feast we enjoy today. And I realize it may feel awkward, and you may wonder if you're doing it right or leaving at the right time, and I assure you if you are leaving in quiet, and you are leaving when you feel led to do so, then you are doing it right. Today will be different. There is no question, but in this difference, I am reminded that we are nourished by this feast to go. We are nourished by this feast every time we enjoy it and every time we partake of it to go out into the world to love and to serve. To go out into the world to pay homage to Christ as he is revealed in our midst. Because as Alex so eloquently reminded us, we too are in search of these places that could be called Bethlehem where the veil between us and God is so thin that we know it is exactly the place we are called to dwell. And so you will be nourished today, friends, by this feast precisely in your going out into the world. 
So as you go, may you be departed with the words of the Christmas benediction by Howard Thurman. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to rebuild the nations, to release the prisoner, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart, all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So as you come to Christ's feast today, I invite you to do so going out into the world, you who have much faith, and you who would like to have more. I invite you to go out into the world, you who are full of joy, and you who are desperately weary in this season. I invite you to go, you who have been to this table many times before, and also you who have not been in a very long time. Go, you who are in search of the Christ child. May you be nourished by this feast to go into the world to love and to serve. Friends, the table is ready. The feast is prepared. They are today, as they always are, the gifts of God for the people of God. So let us go with the sound of hymns in our ears and be nourished by the feast of Christ in our departure. Let us go into Christ's world. Thank you.